Let's go. Welcome, everybody, to a Couch Divided podcast. My name is Nick Thomas. Alongside with me, always, the one and only Dr. Robin Hall. For some reason, I, like, tripped out when you said podcast. Yeah, yeah. And my brain turned it into codcast. The codcast. Like. You having a flashback? I don't know what that would be. <laughs> what what is a, What would a cod? Well, I think you're thinking of fish. It's guess. like, I bet there's some lame podcast out there, you know, it's Called the cod cod. Like, it's all about fishing? Yeah, it's all about fishing. I mean, that isn't a terrible name, actually. No, no. It just seems... Uh, I mean, I'm not really interested in fishing, period. My husband likes fishing a lot. Seems predictable. The, the that James would like it? No, no, Codcast. Oh. Like, yeah, like, of course. <laughs> did you make that up? No, you didn't make that up, did you? The oh, Codcast. Man, I've, yes. That's one of, like one example of the like million squirrel thoughts a day that my brain <laughs> the has. million squirrel thoughts. Yes. <laughs> the trials and tribulations of squirrel. Yeah, we'll do the, uh, the psychology of fish later on uh, in the year, and we'll call it the podcast. Um, so. That reminds me randomly of... Uh, Ironically, that's what the secular world thinks, right? I mean, we're an evolved fish, so it, it's all podcast, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, right? <laughs> that presuppositional argument. <laughs> um, that reminds me of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to, to the, the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. So long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> thanks for all the fish. That's a great movie, by the way. I have not seen it, but I pretended like I did so you could sing. <laughs> oh, thanks, Nick. I'll take honest. I'll take any opportunity. The Holy Spirit was gripping me. You need to tell the truth. Nick. <laughs> I have not seen that movie. Oh, guys, that was it. an example of conviction. There you go. Confession <laughs> <laughs> and repentance, <laughs> all in a row. Um, well, yes. Yeah, so, hi, Nick. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. I know. I know I have, but you know, right. Well, we haven't sat down to record in a hot minute. Yeah, there's a good reason for that too, as well. Well, uh, lots of good reasons. Hey, we'll go into that in just a second. But as far as housekeeping goes, our uh, website is still under construction. You know, yes. Uh, when we're uh, we're gonna make lots of yeah changes, and we're deciding what to do with that and how to do it. Uh, but you can still reach us on our Instagram at a couch divided pod, Facebook uh, under the same name, and a couch divided podcast at gmail.com is our uh, email. Right. If you need to reach out to us if you want to ask some questions, if you have some topic ideas, we would love to hear from you. Uh, we get messages all the time, so uh, don't be afraid to do so. We would love to hear from yes, you. Yes, please, please, please reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we don't really have any other. No, that's, that's like now that we don't have a website, stuff. I have. Nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, like w- under construction. Under construction, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, what are we talking about? Um, well, today? we just we just mentioned that we haven't sat down <coughs> to record like we wanted to. We've been recording, but not recording like we've wanted to. We had a, like we have a, like a whole list of things uh, to talk and about, and I feel like I don't like even want to air all of it. <laughs> I know, right? Like, because so, I don't want it to sound like we're complaining, because that's not nah. Trials and tribulations <laughs> and the things of life. What get, is, you know. like, suffering produces endurance. Yes. Right? Yes, so yes. we've just had a lot of things, um, not, like, really related to one another, but individually, like, our families that we've had to mm-hmm. to deal with. Um, other obligations. Like which that, has yeah. pushed us to, like, an every three-week recording schedule mm-hmm. for the last few episodes. So. Yeah. Anyway, um, we appreciate you guys being patient and bearing with us. Um, uh, blessedly, though, that we have a lot of content um, and a lot of topics. Yes. If you haven't heard the older episodes, oh, they are compelling. Us. Yeah. 
Um, my favorite, well, I, it, it keeps it keeps going back and forth. This is I, fun. We get to choose yeah. like a favorite. I don't know. Yeah, what mine I do is. like the Much Ado About Self. I know that one uh, was so much. Fun. That was a really good episode on there. I also like the psychology of mass shooters that we talked about oh, too that was as well. Fun. That was yep. fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, emotional baggage that was one of our freestyle podcasts where we just kind of went to town and started talking about things which <laughs> was great too as well <laughs> yeah there you go yeah mm-hmm. it was like a 90s rap battle but uh <laughs> yeah um and uh those uh, so go back into the archives um as well um tell us what you think about them too as well there there is some episodes that we can do a part two of um uh, in these older episodes. Oh yeah, there's lots of stuff. There. I would love to do those, so I would l- I'd love to we get your opinion on those. Expand yeah. upon, yeah. So you can find us yeah. on most podcatchers, right? Spotify, mm-hmm. yeah, iTunes, yeah. all of that. Spotify, iTunes is going to be the biggest one. Google Podcasts, things right. like that. It's all over the internet. You just type in Google Couch Divided Podcast, and you'll you'll see a plethora of things. And there we are. Yes. Tell your friends about us. Tell yes. your family about us. Tell your church it is people so about us. It is so weird. To type in just a couch divided and your picture pops up and my picture pops up. It and is weird. Things that we did with Jerry and Coltish pops up, uh-huh. um, which uh, in the future we uh, we might collab again uh, with Jerry and uh, the Coltish guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's there. actually yeah. definitely in the works. Oh, yeah. Also, um, yeah, we've got we've got some actually really neat crossovers coming. Mm-hmm. So hopefully now we'll be able to get back into a regular rhythm. Right, right. And <coughs> Jerry titled uh, his podcast with us. It's like the uh, unraveling the complex world of psychedelics. You know, it oh, sounds is that what it was titled? Yeah, it sounds totally Jerry and yeah, Coltish right it there. Does, and it was sure. it was an appropriate title. I went back over that the other day and uh, um, uh, like a narcissist, I read the comments to see if <laughs> <laughs> to see if anybody <laughs> had any opinions on us. Was it narcissistic? I don't know. I just wanted to see my name. And <laughs> what did you What did you find? Um, well, I mean, everybody loved it, uh, of course. Um, and uh, there were some profound things oh, that I... Of course. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> that um, was narcissistic. Um, but, uh, uh, of course. Arrogant, sorry. Course. We're using that word really flippantly. Of, yes, so. very arrogant. It, not flippantly um, at all. Yes, <laughs> um, um, stereotypically. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but uh, there were some profound things in that episode uh, that you said, that I said, that Jerry said, that I forgot that we actually mentioned. And it's, uh, you know, like when I was in school, um, uh, one way to write a report is to just get everything out there and then disassociate yourself from the report until like a day later. Oh, sure. And so you can come back and go, okay, what, what was I talking about? Was I, and now I need to make fresh sense eyes. of this. Yeah. yeah. And uh, same thing with the the, the podcast because I went back and I go, this is really good um, because I tried to listen to it right after we recorded it, but it I felt like I was just remembering everything that I was saying, but like six months later in, you know, re- mm-hmm. reading it uh, or listening to it, it's like viewing a, a fresh episode and uh, it was very compelling. And, and, and so the things that you were saying, I'm like, yeah, Robin, like, oh, yeah. how cool things that I was saying, I'm like, yeah, that's spot on Jerry. Like, <laughs> oh know. yeah, you know, but. It was, uh, it, was it was well, interesting. Well, yeah. So everybody take a listen. Um, I'm so glad you brought up that we have a nice catalog built already. And of course, we're going to keep yeah. adding to it. Yeah. So. That's one uh, reward that I believe that God has given us uh, in this show. And for your edification, those who are listening, is that, that we have a lot of uh, topics, a lot of categories. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do view this podcast as a ministry. So Absolutely. It encourages, we want you to be encouraged uh, uh, by this. And so, yes, definitely go back into the archives. Listen to the older episodes. Um, do your own research on the things that we talk about, too, as well. 
let us know what you think. Sure. Yeah. We would love that discourse with y'all. So anyway, um, we decided that we were going to do something a little bit different for this right. episode. Um, and I'm going to sing for y'all. <laughs> the moment I wake up. No, I'm just kidding. Before <laughs> I put on my makeup? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, oh I, I, so you had to, uh, to say mm. that. <laughs> It was that the Chappelle episode with Wayne Brady. And that's why I did that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that from? I think that's what he said. I said uh, a little prayer for you. Did he say that? I don't think so. What did he say? What did he say? Whatever. It doesn't I don't matter. know. Don't watch that episode. Please anyway. don't. We're <laughs> not endorsing that. It's not great. It's hilarious, but it's, yeah, yeah it's not a, yeah. a Christian content approved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so we thought it would be interesting, or we and we hope you guys will agree with us, um, to interview each other. Mm-hmm. As it relates to psychology, and, and it's very interesting because it's almost it's almost meta, right? Like because <laughs> I know you know you, I've asked you questions about your life and uh, um, you know why you're in the field that you're in, and, and I feel like I know all of that. Um, but I hope that we get maybe some uh, some more deeper uh, things uh, for the audience uh, as well. So for me to be interviewing you, I'm like <laughs> it's like I almost know the answers, but not really, right? Sure. You know, so uh, this will be very interesting. So I'll interview you, and you'll okay. interview me, and that's the nature uh, of our episode. And we'll see uh, we'll see uh, if it edifies you uh, right. or not. And I and I think it will because you know in the Christian world we love to give our testimony. Right? <laughs> We just love it. I went through that same thing. I would love to hear your testimony. Yeah, I would love to. I would hear love your to hear. Can yeah. you tell me? I would. Yeah. I, yeah, the next time we get together, yeah. I would love to hear your testimony. Yeah. And, and no it's one so genuine. Yeah. Like when oh, you yeah. say that to somebody, you really mean it. Uh, yeah, and it's a compelling story. I mean, it's Christ's story in you, right? Um, I always hesitate to say it's my story um, because it's Christ. Without the work and person, it's of, yeah, his right. story. And that goes into the nature of our callings in life too, as well. You know. Um, one thing uh, that I'll say before um, we uh, we start this interview is that the Puritans, uh, Puritans talked about a, do- a particular doctrine, uh, the doctrine of vocation. The doctrine of what? Vocation. Vocation. Right. Now, when we hear the vo- uh, the word vocation, we think of job and, and atmosphere. And, and that's not necessarily wrong, but it is a Latin word meaning calling. Okay. And Rome has their own doctrine of vocation as well. Okay. And what they meant specifically is the calling to the priesthood. I got gotcha. And you had to go through a particular Catholic ordinances and, uh, and structure and rules, right? Well, the Puritans talked about the doctrine of vocation is that we're all called to profess um, because we are all <laughs> a, a royal priesthood, all right? We're set aside, holy and pleasing in the sight of God to profess his name, Great Commission, right? Um, and that is to be to profess such things where you're at. Well, then that means that God might call you to different areas to do exactly uh, that stuff. And so that's the that's the doctrine of vocation in a nutshell. It's obviously right. a Where lot deeper. Where God is calling you. Yeah. This is a, a, a Puritan-esque a mind frame. Uh, so I uh, just gave you the broad strokes. It's always going to have like 13 points and eight hours worth of material if you're going to go back and, and listen to the Puritan talk about. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. It. Um, uh, but it is very interesting. So I've always taken that uh, to heart and, and taken that in, in my mind as where I'm at, what my responsibility is, where I'm at. Um, and uh, I think that we f- uh, take that for granted all the time because people almost flippantly say, I'm called to do this, I'm called to do that, I'm called to do that. Um, and they concentrate maybe more so on the job itself um, instead of really um, 
uh, what the Holy Spirit is doing within an individual to glorify uh, Christ mm. and to exalt the Father in what you're doing. Sure. Right? Uh, we always say that we live in a material and immaterial world. we got to bring those together. And so I think that... Um, I think that sets the precedence a little I mean, bit. It ma- yeah. To me, it makes sense. Like it's much easier to pay attention to uh, the material world, especially as it relates to vocation, right. because that's the daily grind. You know me; I am a. T- ma- <laughs> we live in a material world, and I am a material <laughs> boy. <laughs> Living in a material. That's world two songs that I, if I, I finished it, material girl. <laughs> yeah. That's two songs that if I finished it, I would have declared myself a woman. <laughs> oh, no. moment I wake up before I put on my makeup. <laughs> material world, material girl. <laughs> I love that you know, like that your wealth of musical knowledge is as vast as yeah. it is. I love that. Yeah, sometimes it's into a curse. <laughs> People think I grew up in the eighties. I didn't. Well, I mean, I was born in eighty eight. I grew up in the nineties, but it's like I lived in the eighties as far as the knowledge goes. <laughs> I watch Stranger Things. I know exactly what they're talking about. Oh the, the, my gosh! The struggles, even the of the the children in we the eighties. We are so because Stranger Things is getting ready to release, right? That's why I like it so much. A new. Yeah season here yeah. at the end of may on netflix i feel like <laughs> i'm being like i'm promoting things that i don't necessarily intend to but um we so delay. my j- my husband and i are re-watching from the beginning the mm-hmm. series that's like our that, current yeah. bingeable yeah. um and we're in the mi- we're not in the middle we're in the beginning of season two in our rewatch. oh it's so fabulous yeah if you guys if, if any of you out there have a a uh an interest, a proclivity, a curiosity, <laughs> a love for horror, especially campy, um, nostalgic, oh, awesome storytelling horror. Mm-hmm. Check out Stranger Things. And so um, it's great. <clears throat> I, I normally don't even have not kids though. Yeah, yeah. Not around your kids yeah, either. Yeah. Definitely, it's an adult show. I normally don't even have that, um, you know, that that much zeal for the horror genre. But uh, the way they do it is great, and I love the '80s nostalgia. Me too. It's it's, so it's comical. It's real. They really painted the the picture uh, of the '80s. Uh, uh, I believe the correct way, and I just I just love all that nostalgia stuff. Me too. Uh, when well, it comes to that, you know, like so. I mean, this is a little bit of since we're doing interviews. This is a little insight into my personality, myself, and a f- good friend of mine, um, along with other people <laughs> who are interested in this too. Our fans, we are throwing a Stranger Things <laughs> party. I forgot that. Amanda, and yeah. yeah, and you're going to that, of <laughs> yeah, course. Oh yeah. Um, we're going to, like, it's going to be so awesome. It's going to be walk fully in like 80s themed with, you know, lots of different. I'm going to walk in like Billy Idol. Do it. So, yeah. anyway, that kind of stuff is fun. Now I want to go into the history of Billy Idol. Okay, so no. we're getting distracted. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Gen so. X, uh, that was his <laughs> punk rock band. Yeah. Um, <coughs> All right, so yes, I am an open book. Ask me anything. I when we were talking about this, I asked my husband, like, what do you think people would randomly ask a, like, somebody who, mm. you know, went through a doctoral program in psychology and works worked as a therapist, um, and he came up with a couple of ideas that I thought were interesting. But that's kind of we thought like we thought this would be fun for that reason. Right. So. Right. Almost like having your neighborhood like doctor over for dinner, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so you are a doctor. We say that you know yeah. in every uh, doctor Robin Hall, doctor Robin Hall, and that took a long time to to get uh, you know that status. I guess that title. 
if you want, um, and you've earned that title from all the work that you put into <laughs> it. Uh, was there any discouragement along the way? Can like I c- can I really do this? Should I really do this? Oh my gosh! I mean, how many times did you want to give up at, if at all? Because it's a lot. It, when somebody hears doctor, they hear eight years of school. <coughs> you know what I mean? That was right. the rule of thumb, right? Well, so like, let me clarify too. I'm I'm sure most of you guys are familiar with what I'm going to say, but just for posterity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a medical doctor, right? So the l- I don't have the letter designation MD after my right. name. Mm-hmm. I, uh, the letter designation that I have is PsyD. So mm-hmm. I have my doctorate in clinical psychology, mm-hmm. um, which is like the equivalent of a PhD, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's not, it's an academic and or clinical degree, not a, like a medical degree. Mm-hmm. So there is, you know, a difference. I Psychologists do not have prescriptive privileges at least not in arizona mm-hmm. um that's slowly changing yeah actually. there are a few states where you can go back and get another master's and mm-hmm. um like a biomed master's in psychopharm mm-hmm. psychopharmacology but anyway um <laughs> i don't even know how to answer that question i think most of the time like th- not undergrad it's at least not the academic side in undergrad but um in graduate school I think most of the time you're kind of like vacillating between feeling legitimate confidence in the skill that you're building and being utterly terrified that everyone around you is going to see that you have no idea what you're doing Mm. um, and that you're, you're scared to death. Right. I feel like that every day of my life. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, um, I mean, people kind of colloquially refer to that experience as imposter syndrome. That's not real. I mean, it's not a real disorder. Mm -mm. Um, But feeling like a fraud, right, (laughs) Um, that can be a common experience anyway. And I think so giving up was not exactly part of my internal landscape. Mm -hmm. Um, I think more it's like, are you going, (laughs) am I going to make it? Like, am Mm -hmm. I going to be forced Mm. to stop this ver- like pr- not permitted to continue versus mm. like <coughs> like I do, can I make it through this or should I give it mm. up that w- at least that was my experience so were you ever intimidated by the material itself? oh yeah sure yeah. yeah like this is way over my head this is way of this or um so again like th- I didn't typically experience that like it's way over my head um, or like I don't have the capacity to learn it. Um, but more, more so the experience of, oh, this is overwhelming and it's part of learning to think about things in a new and different way, hmm. which takes time and practice and kind of got to filter out diligence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's definitely not an overnight thing um i don't know i hope that does that answer what oh yeah asking? i mean i think so so uh i mean basically what you're saying is yeah there was some intimidation there um maybe certain like, yeah, like yeah in certain things but as far as your capacity to uh to learn it um, you knew that you could yeah uh, if if pressed in uh, uh a little bit too as well sure now you finished your doctorate uh, a degree as a christian i that did correct? Yes. that's right did you start your uh that process as a christian and can you tell us a little bit about you know what you were thinking <laughs> before that you know 
uh-huh. and what uh, how Christ kind of just totally mm-hmm. um, you know wrecked you uh, involving this uh, this to- topic, if at all. Uh, yeah, no, I was not a Christian um, when I began this. Um, so, I mean, I feel like that's such a loaded question. Like Christ, you know, he wrecks me continually. Mm-hmm. continually mm-hmm. continuously um in you know the best of ways mm-hmm. um but i was not so uh, let me like i guess lay out the timeline that might be helpful the, like the way that i kind of understand it or conceptualize it mm-hmm. um i really think about like my training in clinical psychology as starting when i began my master's program so mm-hmm. i have my undergraduate degree i have a bachelor's of science in psychology um, but my, my program, there was almost zero clinical emphasis whatsoever. Mm. There was no like practical yeah. application. There right. was no training in therapy. None of that. It was, it's very like book heavy. It's mm. very like history heavy. Um, you're learning more theories and concepts, like psychological yeah. theories and concepts rather than, um, therapeutic theories and concepts. And, and I, I figure that, that that's usually the case, right? Cause that's, that's why I experience in behavior health or my, under, I'm assuming, you know, yeah, I d- yeah. There, I'm sure there are programs mm-hmm. that in, like incorporate kind of like a speedy, tri- yeah. um, yeah. some, you know, hands-on clinical experience and undergrad, but for the most part, th- it's, that is a very, it's a very basic foundation. Mm. The information that you're getting there sets the stage for you to be able to learn like the therapy theory. Right, sort of the wax on, wax off kind right. of thing. Right. Yeah. And it really, it, like you learn how to like conceptualize people and then the world in a totally different way than you're used to in, in graduate school. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's kind of like the beginning of my program is when I really mark like the beginning of my real work in psychology, even though, of course, I worked in undergrad, right, to graduate. Sure. Yeah. Um, Sorry, can you remind me what you asked me, Nick? <laughs> well, what was your thought process? So uh, I'll, I'll ask it a different way. What interest you do you uh, to even get into this process uh, uh, in the first place? To get into psychology, psychology, counseling, whatever, whatever you were thinking at that time. So the <laughs> the short answer to that is, I wanted to understand myself mm. and the people around me. It's very interesting that you say uh, wanting to understand uh, yourself. When I went through that process, I had every disorder in the book. That's what I felt like. That's also quite common. It's like like going on WebMD. (laughs) Did you have, I I have to stop you. I want to go back to that question. I have to stop you. (laughs) How many disorders did you come up with? (laughs) Well, you you start (laughs) seeing, I don't, I never made like a count or tally, but you definitely start seeing yourself. Yeah. In yeah. your first abnormal psychology yeah. class, you yeah. see yourself in That's every exactly disorder. where I had that experience. Uh, not yeah. just yourself, but you see yourself in all your family members. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and you become a di- you become a diagnostician very early yeah. on. Mm-hmm. We're great at self diagnosing. Oh so. yeah. I say that very sarcastically. I probably had a fictitious disorder <laughs> no. <laughs> because of all of that. No, 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 no. So <laughs> you're going through this process. You wanted to understand yourself. Did you answer those questions when you? So, oh, <laughs> well, y- uh, yes, but not, um, not like via psychology as the mechanism. Mm, okay. So, <coughs> um, my my interest. I've always been interested in people. Always. Um, in fact, <laughs> oh man, I've been. Um, 
confronted more than once in my life for staring. I mean, like, like very aggressively confronted for staring. Um, and I have, so I'm much, much better about this now. Right. And hopefully as a, like, as any like therapist learns that you like need to be aware of how you're coming off to people. Mm. Um, but I've always been fascinated by people, their behavior, their thought processes, how they interact with one another and what, motivates them like mm. what makes them tick why would somebody do x y or z mm. um and since i was little like people watching <laughs> and having zero awareness around like my mouth being wide open mm. as i'm doing it um I, i've done it since i was young mm. um so i would say like there was a natural like god even though i was not saved at this time mm. like at all <laughs> oh, I say it all like you can't be partially saved, but I wasn't, there was no, I had no like Christian, yeah. like learning. You were still rejecting him. You didn't want him at all. I mean, it, like yeah. it almost didn't even occur, mm. you know, to me, um, at least at the, like the young, when I was really young. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I think like my natural interest in people was there and God clearly, mm. you know, gave me that mm -hmm. interest, you know, in the same way that somebody else is interested in, mm. I don't know, molecular biology or sure. accounting. God bless you, mm. accountants, because no. Right. No. You think it was a nurturing side uh, of, you know, of womanhood uh, that made you want to um, e even care about people's, um, um, you know, mentality, uh, mm. hearts, souls, uh, minds, whatever category you want to use on that? Um, well, so I will say like a vast majority of psychologists and therapists are women. Yeah. I've noticed that when I was in um, my classes, there was like two yeah, guys. That was yeah. a huge, that's, but that's a huge shift like from historical precedents. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, yes, I would say absolutely that my, like being a woman influences my interest in like compassion mm -hmm. and like helping mm -hmm. people. But I would be v very dishonest if I told you that wanting people, wanting to help people with their mental health struggles was my motivation for getting in, into psychology to begin with because it yeah. absolutely was not. just wasn't. Was I was interested in understanding me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I, <laughs> I didn't like me very mm. much, um, but I was really, I didn't, I didn't understand me like mm. at all. Why in the world would I do whatever, right? Mm. Um, <clears throat> and so I thought that the answer would be, in psychology. I just want to give you a big hug. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I'm like, you should totally be in the, you know, like, uh, like who wouldn't like you? Oh. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Like oh, that. there are plenty. No, I mean, as a, as a, a <laughs> as you are uh, my sister in Christ, um, you know, it, it, it is heartbreaking to, to, you know, when you veer back into the past and people's struggles and things like that. Um, or when I hear, because oh, I wasn't into me or anything that's like so that. Sweet. And I go, I go, oh man, that's it. You know, it's, because I know you as a completely different person, right? That, you know what I mean. It's just a it's glor yeah. it's glorious when like, and I think it's a, it's humbling to like because you don't really orient yourself back to mm. that all that often mm. in the you know in that like nostalgic way, and when mm. you really get the opportunity to recognize how far God's brought you, mm. um, yeah, it is. It's pretty tremendous. So yeah, I didn't have at the beginning. I really didn't have any interest at all. In, like. I wasn't motivated. Yeah. Not that I didn't care about people, yeah. but I wasn't, that, that wasn't what was motivating me yeah. 
um, to study psychology. I was just really interested in making sense of my own life and um, the people in it, you know. And also, I was interested in being able to to use my understanding of people strategically Mm. to um, affect change. Mm. Now, that sounds like kind of, I mean, it's not heroic. You know, at least at at that point, it certainly wasn't. Um, I thought that if I could understand people, that I could predict them better. Mm. And being able to predict them better meant being able to protect myself I was getting ready to ask that, yeah. um, And also to play the most strategic uh, to make the most strategic decisions especially as it relates to like relationships and um you know navigating people and politics that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um so somewhere along the way i must have learned i must have observed like really early on like just how important that type of Mm interaction becomes in a sinful world um even though i had no clear understanding like that's what (coughs) i was observing so especially uh in today's time where um you know uh even a category of psychology if not holistically is the uh, is the the topic of discussion a lot of things people talk about it a lot of things we base some sometimes our laws um off of psychological studies sure um uh, up in canada you know uh, there's a lot of free speech laws that are um, being stricken <laughs> uh, from people, or they have to uh, identify somebody uh, as they want to be identified because of the degradation in their mind and the trauma that they might receive mm-hmm. uh, for you not using the proper word. Um, and uh, well, I mean, that might be bring me into my next question here. I mean, now as a Christian, you are um, you know a doctor and clinical psychology. Where do you think that uh, psychology has fallen flat, or has it? Um, that's such a big question too. Um, so I was, uh, let's see how I was still, I guess, technically a first year, um, graduate student when God, when I was saved. Um, but because I was such a baby, baby Christian, um, I didn't, I lacked the, like, discernment and the wisdom to make sure that I pri- pri- prioritized, like, how I was filtering all the information I was learning, right, mm. through a biblical lens. It was much easier to read, to, like, understand things through the lens that I always had, which, you know, prior to me being saved was, I mean, militant atheist, evolutionary, Mm. I mean, entirely evolutionary. Mm. Um, So I learned God, you know, like God was very gracious to me, like through the process, like through completing graduate school, writing a dissertation, like I learned how to look at things through a biblical lens to a filter, right? To filter um, but I would say that through, like, the majority of my schooling, I was still very, like, worldly in terms of my point of view, how I was digesting information. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, the transformation, like Stoneheart to Fleshheart, was undeniable. Mm. <clears throat> I don't want it to come off like, <laughs> like I got saved and then I just like continued because that at all, like was not at all what happened. Um, radically different, you know, um, between pre-salvation and mm. and after being saved. Um, but it took me a really long time to reconstruct the way that I thought about things. Mm. And I would say even now, like God has been doing like a tremendous work in me um, in uh, like with the study that I'm able to do now toward like with scripture, right? Um, and being able to take that, use it as the platform and then digest any like secular psychological concept through it mm -hmm. kind of pierce that through with scripture right um so anyway that that <laughs> i don't know if that leads me to answering the question you asked where has psychology fallen flat psychology falls flat before it even gets going yeah because it doesn't acknowledge it doesn't even rise christ is king yeah that's the just the truth right um i think you know more specifically it's very woke yeah. You know, I, I mean, less technically. Technically, it falls right before it doesn't ever stand mm. because it's not built on a foundation of scripture. It right? sort of conforms <laughs> to the 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 uh, cultural the cultural topic of the, the you know, yes. um, or the narrative yes. uh, of the day. It sort of conforms to that, which it used to stand firm uh, on what they thought objectivity was and uh it uh it almost pointed out uh, the uh, the folly of change um, in a lot of ways, and then now it seems to conform um, to the uh, the narrative change. And the reason why I say that is because, uh, and I'll maybe mention this um, in the counter interview, but you know, Freud had a worldview, Jung had a worldview, Adler had a, view, a right. worldview, Fritz had a worldview, and that's what they stuck on to counsel sure. and their approaches, well, and it didn't change. That, so that that influenced mm -hmm. their counseling approach. Mm -hmm. It influenced their theoretical approach mm -hmm. because it. How could it not? Yeah, it, it, you had to start. You have with a, to start with yeah. a a worldview of some yeah. kinds. And now we have all kinds of subjectivity, and I go, Ugh. <laughs> 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 yeah, you guys are going to implode right. <laughs> if you uh, keep conforming to whatever you want to be uh, in a, in whatever given decade we're in. Right. <laughs> so I do think. Um, I I think. <sighs> In those regards, like it's it's extremely liberally influenced. That's very much the mindset. Mm -hmm. But I mean, which makes sense, guys. Like you you get a group of very very people who spent a long time in school. Where are they going to school? Like you're getting educated at universities by professors that have these ideologies. So of course it gets propagated, mm -hmm. right? Um, but yeah, so in that regard. I think that psychology as a whole gets a lot of stuff wrong, but ultimately mm. it doesn't start from mm. a biblical foundation. So that like it falls flat in that way. Very flat. Yeah. Um, however, there is a lot to be gleaned, learned, mm. used, adapted. And like, that's the thing. 
psychology has observed a lot of things. Mm. It's the explanation they offer a lot of the times that's wrong. Yeah, so I'll give you an example about this. Um, gender dysphoria, uh, for right. example. I, I, it, I believe that's a real disorder to say that somebody can't be confused in their, in their mind for whatever reason. You yes. Know, either extreme trauma, biological anomaly or something happened, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, it can happen. Mm. Their conclusion is uh, uh, gender reassignment and surgery. My Imme conclusion like imme immediately. <laughs> yeah, my conclusion is counseling Christ. through this Christ. And, and in Christ and, right. and rearranging hopefully your thought processes, mm -hmm. which has, has been proven that you can do, and which is restated in Romans 12 to be, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which might take time and some suffering, but he's worth it if you can get to truth. Right. And so, no, I don't think that you should chop anything off or add anything <laughs> on. <laughs> but I do believe in the disorder. <laughs> right. So that is our, I, I guess that's, you know, uh, pretty much what you just said in, in, um, um, in your analysis of uh, uh, psychology falling flat. Right. Um, is that your conclusions are widely different. We can look at a study, agree with the science. And right, then agree totally with it, like yeah. see the data, but our, like the way that we understand the data, what the data says to us mm -hmm. is a difference mm -hmm. than it, like what it says to somebody who's yeah. coming who's analyzing it from a lev an evolutionary mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever platform that isn't Christian, mm. that isn't from a creation standpoint, that wow. isn't, I mean, and that matters. Yes. It really does matter. Mm -hmm. um, I think another more global, <laughs> I mean, this is kind of, it really goes back to like the first, you know, it falls flat because it lacks Christ. Um, but counseling people, Without Jesus, the analogy is very much, um, I mean, I like the analogy of a Band-Aid, mm. right, versus stitches or surgery that needs to be performed. Right. You've got some, like, makeshift coping that will be helpful. Mm. Sometimes knowledge and understanding is really helpful and relieving, mm -hmm. but you... Without Christ, you lack the true healer. Right. That's, I mean, so in that way, again, psychology mm -hmm. falls short. I, uh, I think of the words, and I've been going back to this verse a lot lately, uh, where Jesus says, you know, anybody who listens to my words and follows them and does them, like building your house, so I'm going to paraphrase. It's like building your house on a strong structure, brick, you know, and rock, rock. you know. And um, when the winds blow, right, it will it won't move. But if you do not listen to the words, right, and you build your house, which means you can build your house, but you can incur uh, wisdom and knowledge. Mm. But if it's not set on the foundation of Christ in His words, it's sinking sand. Right. right? It it'll just um, uh, completely uh, implode from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Which is why we call ourselves a couch divided, mm -hmm. right? Because right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, it came from, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, a house uh, divided. Yeah, yeah, a house right. divided against itself cannot stand. Right, and that's where we yeah. are. Like, I mean, it, the church is just as guilty of mm -hmm. this. Like, mm -hmm. we're not. Neither, neither one is handling it right. That's mm -hmm. the point. Like, there needs to be an, a better bridge that incorporates what's beneficial. Mm -hmm. And there are people that will say nothing beneficial can be gleaned from anything secular. Mm -hmm. Well, and I th just think that's nonsense. So right. Um, so that being said, so we've already we've already uh, kind of painted a picture where we say, okay, so Scripture is preeminent. Christ's words and Christ is preeminent. And then somebody might say, well, then why not just newthetic counseling? Um, 
you know, where have hard, you know, where have, and I consider myself newthetic in a certain way, but I'm not a hardcore so Dick, uh, on there. Tell so, yeah. everybody what newthetic counseling well, is. Well, uh, newthetic or uh, uh, it comes from the Greek, it comes from a Greek word meaning admonish. And so newthetic. admonish. Admonish, yeah. right. So we're admonishing you through scripture. And so when we counsel you, it's scripture first. And we're like, well, what's, what's wrong with that? Well, it's also got attached to it um, a dissociation from anything psychologically right. that has been proven, part which of, I disagree with. Uh, right, and part of part of the problem is uh, when you are so staunch, like so staunch and sto- so rigid, right? It's, I mean, okay, I don't, and I don't want to. I'm not calling anyone out specifically about this. I'm really not. We all need to ask ourselves, like, when we're being fear dri- fear driven, fear led, and when we're being faith led. Right, and if I am af- like afraid to even acknowledge someone else's argument, mm. to me that's a fear-based response. Mm. I don't have to be afraid of responding to anything in Christ. Mm. He's always the answer. There's mm. always an, a perfect solution mm-hmm. in Christ, whether I find it or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So, yeah, newsetic counseling doesn't. I don't think acknowledges, or at least. Um, I just want to be very careful with what I say because I think there are a lot of newsetic counselors that do it very well and are very compassionate. Yeah, I mean, for the typical pastor that maybe doesn't know the psychological nature and he goes, you know what, I'm going to counsel this way, I, I don't necessarily uh, would uh, reject or anything. He might give you the best biblical <laughs> advice you've ever heard. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? um, however, you know, there's some just uh, some disagreements on particular disorders that we don't want to ignore, um, right. and it it does take knowing the um the, you know the I, I guess the the scientific side of it. You sure. Know? Well, yeah. and like being trained to help process. Yeah, process things. That. I mean, that need process. You you don't go to a dentist for a broken wrist. Right. And the I mean, scripture is very clear that we are competent to counsel one another, be, like in Christ. Right. right. So basically, we want to marry these two. We do. We want to like what can we pull yeah. as beneficial from the mm-hmm. secular world in terms of like therapeutic approaches. Mm-hmm. Like I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. I um, when I counsel, of course, I'm counseling from the scripture, but I like Gestalt techniques. You're gonna have to tell everybody what that is. Gestalt therapy. Um, it, it, Fritz Perls. Uh, 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 was the father of of Gestalt uh, uh, therapy, and if you watch the Gloria tapes, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll direct you. Go, uh, type in Google Gloria tapes Fritz Perls. Okay. You know what I mean, and watch how he counsels. You can actually see him, and yeah. I mean it's a it's staged, but it's you a, can see him. In, it in is action. A, it is a humanistic existential approach, <laughs> um, and it is very much centered in the now. It's confrontational and very confrontational. He even has techniques where he plays roles of either the person that he's counseling or how the counselor portrays him, whatever, you know, or you can play the phony, you can play this, you can play that. But and very staunch in his questionings. So if somebody says, I feel like a little girl, he's just going to ask you, are you a little girl? (laughs) And you're going to go, but but I feel like it. Yeah, but are you mm-hmm. <laughs> a little girl? Oh, so you're not. So you know you're not, but you feel like it. You're being a phony. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, of course, I'm a little bit more gracious and compassionate uh, with the with the scriptures, but I do like those direct questions, and I like concentrating on the now. Mm-hmm. And if we do need to go to the past, we'll get there, but I want to address sin here. I want to address something first. I come to those conclusions with the understanding of the person first, though. 
and not right away. But, uh, y- you know, you have to uncover the story. You have to understand. You have to give them the time of day. And I think that's what scripture actually starts to guide me in those things. Mm-hmm. And then when it's necessary to ask those questions and uh, direct questions, I do it. And I've seen a lot of benefit. But I, I take these techniques because I do see some elements of them in the scripture uh, when appropriate. Sure. So, yeah. Again, it's like what secular psychology is observing is God's creation. Mm-hmm. So just because they're explaining it from a secular viewpoint doesn't mean that it's wrong. Right. It just means that the the explanation isn't right. Yeah, it's not founded. Well, in okay, the, so know. that's great. So as Christians, how do we actually? How do we? What explanation do we offer? Right. Then from the worldview that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, I'm all for scripture. Like, I mean, any. I, I think all sc- counseling should be scripture based. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that. Um, there are people with very serious and significant mental illnesses. Yeah, that need people who are ver- who are specially trained mm-hmm. to help treat them. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and even um, you know, in New Thetic Counseling, uh, uh, w- one of the encouragements is for the pastor to work with the psych uh, uh, the psychiatrist or the psychologist. Um, and to be hand-in-hand hand, uh, in that, which I would commend. Of course. Um, but I want to take it a step further as a post-millennial person, and I go, we should be the pastor and the psychiatrist. Sure. Like, what, what <laughs> if, like the church should yeah. be both of those things, yeah, right? Yeah, we should be leading that. Right. We should take that over, and we should show that Christ is the only way and the, uh, and the best possible way uh, to, uh, to comfort you, um, to give you peace, uh, to rearrange uh, your thoughts, right. to care for your disorders if you have one, things like that. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and sometimes the disorder is unavoidable. It's there. Um, and there are ways to walk, and there is a Christian mindset to walk with it. So I appreciate that, too, as yeah. well. And so uh, answering that question, um, it's, not, uh, it's not a sin in the reform <laughs> world to say uh, that there needs to be something a little deeper than New Theta Counseling. Um, but I believe it would be a sin to say dissociation from scripture. Um, right. Um, I mean, you, d- you yeah. don't deviate from scripture. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. You use that uh, to make sense it um, is of all those things. Right. And we can call, you know, uh, you know, lies, lies, lies in the psychology world when they've deviated mm-hmm. uh, from that objective standard. Do it. You know right. I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, so in all your experience in, you know, in, in you know, I'll, I'll say this. What's the. Yeah, on all your experience, what's the best advice you've been given, you know, as a therapist, as a counselor, as a psychologist? Oh, you mean, like, personally? Yeah, yeah, what's the best <laughs> advice that you've ever uh, gotten? Um, uh, repent and believe a gospel. <laughs> That's got to take... How did I know you are going to say number something one. like that? Yeah. Um, uh, but honestly... How newthetic of you? Uh, <laughs> probably um, to mind my own business. Mm. <coughs> um, <laughs> Does this mean outside of the counseling <laughs> sessions? Um, it, so yes, in my personal life, right? Hmm. So, um, to mind my own business, to quit making myself general manager of the universe, mm. because oh lord, a lot of psychologists do that. Uh, not a lot of people do that. Yeah, we yeah. make ourselves god of our own universe, yeah. right? Mm. I'm not general manager of the universe. The world will continue moving mm-hmm. without me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to control it, mm-hmm. even if I might feel compelled to. Right. right. So minding my own business, 
means so many things to me. Mm-hmm. But, it, I mean, you can take it really literally, like, we don't participate in gossip, slander, like, mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. We don't even hear it. We don't entertain it. Um, for me personally, like, at w- the time that I got it, it was, you don't need to engage with people th- in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. Even if, l- like, it might impact you. Mm. Um, so... You might think that a lot of things are your business, but very little is. Right. And your focus should be on the cross first mm. and foremost and not on anyone else or, I mean, even on yourself as a priority over that. Mm-hmm. The call is to die to self, right? Mm. Di- you die to self, come and pick up your cross and follow me. Mm. So that's not like a cushy no. in- invitation. No, no. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've uh, found, especially uh, in going to school, wanting to intrude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I think that is? You know what I, <laughs> you know what oh I mean? Yeah. And they didn't ask, you know, for that. They yes. were just expressing something. <laughs> um, or I just noticed something. They weren't even talking to me at all, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've done that. I, I think a, a lot of people in academia want to do that, too, as well. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of yeah. anxiety that gets caused when you insert yourself into problems that aren't actually your business. Yeah. You can't, you're not the, you're not the savior. Quit making yourself Jesus. You can't fix other people. Mm -hmm. Don't try. Mm -hmm. And that's, I needed to hear that. (laughs) I needed to hear, mind your own business. Mm -hmm. Um, Seriously, served me so well. And that was at the very beginning of my, Mm -hmm. um, well, at the very, very beginning of being a Christian, like my, right. My, in my first few months. And, that, and now you have an objective standard. You know, we're not, we would never say that there is not a time to speak up. But like of Ecclesiastes course. 3 says, there's a time for everything under the sun. You know what I mean? And yeah. there is a time to zip. <laughs> keep it zipped. Right. Uh, so, yeah, please don't hear me say <laughs> yeah. that you weren't supposed to speak up if you see something bad yeah, happening. No, just That's not yeah. what I mean. I'm like, for I mean, I'm really using this. Like as it relates to codependency and boundaries, right, right, right. There good, are th- that's a good way. To there do are to things to that are not yeah. your business. Yeah. So s- don't involve yourself in them. Mm-hmm. You will be like floored at how much anxiety and depression vanishes when you recognize where you begin and where the rest of the world, where you begin and end, and where the rest of the world begins and ends. Mm. And you really can only make sense of that through Christ. Anyway, so that would be the best advice. <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs> Mind your business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so there's a there's a, a a lot that's happened since your conversion and since your um, doctrinal degree. Um, doctrinal Nick. Did is I say doctrinal? Oh, yeah, so I'm such a reformer. Like, oh, I have to talk about doctrine. So, uh, yeah. Oh, my uh, gosh. That is not at all how I took that. Doctrinal, <laughs> like a yeah. nocturnal doctorate is what I, like, made sense oh, of that. No, and I was, no. So I went I to was, the, was the vampers. Yeah. Is there... The uh, vampers, guys. The vampers. <laughs> doctrinal degree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, looking, uh, looking back holistically, you know, out of all your experiences, you know, in uh, or out of Christianity, now in uh, side Christianity, um, now a doctor of clinical psychology, um, is it more affirmed uh, in uh, your heart that um, God, um, you know, um, 
that you you've affirmed your calling in Christ in, in this way, or has there been something new um, that has come across lately that is a uh, um so um that's such a complicated question. <laughs> I know motherhood's gonna play into this. yeah yes. exactly. Um, so I feel like um God. My experience so far is that God has been called has called me to different things in different seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you said that. Right now, I'm not called um, to like run a private practice. You know, mm-hmm. the way in the way that a lot like a, a lot of the people that I went to school with are. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I think everyone in my class is um, at least working for an agency, if not running for their running their own. Um, but like I understand that first and foremost, like God created me, like a woman, mm-hmm. a wife, mm-hmm. now a mom, and like that will all like regardless of like season, uh, those things are true. Um, but like I think responsibility wise, mm-hmm. uh, that ch- that changes. You know, um, will there be like a time later where I feel like more called? To do that. Yeah. Like, you know, therapeutically, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel called to do this with you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, this is a form of that, you know, uh, in that sense. Where is there any pushback, um, you know, when you were in school or around your colleagues or anybody like that, when we you became a Christian and started having um, different ideals? Um, was there any persecution, you know, um, from other individuals in this field as you were a Christian? Um, mm. that you would care to talk about. Mm. Uh, um, man, that has a complicated answer. No, I would say no. Um, but I don't th- know that that would be the same now. Okay. Yeah. So, um, historically, previously, no. Um, but with the like hard line that I've drawn and am willing to draw now, um, I feel like that would that would change. I yeah. think that that would very could very well change. Yeah, given the atmosphere of the culture, especially you know. that. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe I'll answer this in the uh, again in the counter interview, uh, but I'll uh, I'll say this. Um, I lo- you know I lost a lot of friends because of uh, of that mm-hmm. and um, people who are interested in even in the same topic as me and everything like that and would now from the flavor of the culture call me a bigot call me a racist exactly. call me this yep. because uh, I uh, conform to a Christian worldview in everything that I do and right because yeah. you believe that what God tells us in scripture he means mm-hmm. um, and whether like that regardless of how many feelings are hurt by that um, it doesn't change right, right. the infallibility of Scripture, the holiness of Scripture. Yeah, and, and when it comes to the general public, they can call me whatever they want. Of okay. course. Yeah. When it comes to friends or people it's that hard. you know, it, it, it's very hard. I know, and especially uh, people yeah. whose opinions you esteem. And um, this compels us to understand a little bit more grace, a little bit more mercy. Mm-hmm. I always go back to this proverb. It's very hard to follow, but it is to the glory of man that he overlooks an offense. And uh, right. this doesn't mean that you don't address things that you need to address. This just means sometimes you let go. Right. 
<laughs> right, right, right. Let it go. You're a offender. Let it go. Right. That's not good for you and your response. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes that just means walking away. But um, yeah. 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 Yep. And uh, yeah. So we're at the 55 minute mark here, Rowan. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we did a lot. I did not realize I could. Me either. Well, that's not true. I I certainly realized I was capable of talking about myself. Well, we had about long. 10 minutes of opening segments, so <coughs> yeah, that's about 45 minutes. You know. Yeah. I got to sing a couple of times. I feel like that was a good interview. Yeah. Um, You answered all of it. So (laughs) I feel like this is a neat way to end. We would love to know what you guys would ask me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we're going to, I'm going to interview Nick. So we'll ask the same question at the end of his interview. So I asked Dr. Robin Hall. Yes. And anything that you'd like. What what are you interested in knowing? Um, And then maybe we'll do follow-up episodes where we answer the questions. That would be great. Let's do that. So chime in with your questions um, um, on Instagram or email. Yeah, Yeah. email, whatever. Uh, Again, a Couch Divided pod um, uh, on Instagram and Facebook under the same name, couchdividedpodcast at gmail.com is our email. Get a hold of us on those three uh, platforms for now. Mm -hmm. Um, And for now, and I'll go ahead and wrap it up. And then we'll start uh, the next one. But I'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, you know, if this is uh, an episode that uh, um, that enlightened you, encouraged you, please share it with your friends. And always take heart, mm. for he has overcome the world. Love you guys. Love you. <laughs>